the book of James, and so you've got some of uh, the verses there in your outline, but I want you to look at a few other verses. So if you go to James chapter number three this morning, and we're getting back into our series we took uh, last Sunday really just to reflect on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, for the Christian, every Sunday should be Resurrection Sunday. And it's, it's one of those things we shouldn't just celebrate once a year. Uh, we need to live in the light of His resurrection, that He is a risen Savior. And so today we want to continue getting back into our series on being an authentic Christian. And so uh, we've been praying for Brother Larry. Is he coming back sometime this year? You don't know either, huh? Uh, hopefully very soon. I heard uh, weather and uh, automobile problems or something. is, is uh, I think it's flooding. And that, yeah, I know. yeah, I was going to say in St. Louis, it's like 40 for the high today. So it's crazy weather right now. So tell them we, we're missing him, and I'm sure you are too. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're back at James chapter number three this morning. And uh, James is a great book, small book. I've enjoyed the study. I hope you have too, because the thing that I, I've been getting out of this series is more than anything, what this world needs is it needs to see that we're real, that we're authentic. And that's what I've been getting myself personally out of the book of James. And of course, the book is filled with truth uh, about the source of wisdom. And I think that's the one thing my pastor growing up, when I got saved, his favorite verse was, uh, you know, James uh, chapter one, that if we ask of God for wisdom, he give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. And that was one thing my pastor always prayed and asked the Lord for was wisdom. And folks, listen, every one of us need to have wisdom. We need to have godly wisdom. So very important. And you find the book of, the book of James, can, it really kind of helps us understand that wisdom is available from God. And, and that is what we are going to look at today is wisdom for life coming from God. It's God's desire that, that the Lord wants to, uh, to give us wisdom because as we live in this life, the only way we're going to live victoriously is to have wisdom from God, to be able to know. Now, you know, I, I realized I got saved when I was 20, and my wisdom was not godly wisdom. It wasn't wisdom from the Lord. It was, it was man's wisdom. It was, you know, how can I do this? How can I live? And I, I had to kind of go through a period there of reprogramming but, but, you know, it's like, you know how sometimes with electronics, things will, uh, the word is they'll default back. You, you understand the word? They'll default back. And, and sometimes because we're human and we're in this flesh, that's what we do sometimes is we default back to man's wisdom instead of saying, Lord, what should I do about this? Lord, how should I handle this? And this is what our study is going to show us today. So look in James chapter 3. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, I won't go back and read it, but from verse 1 down to about verse number 12, we, we spent about two weeks ago or, or so ago, we were talking about this matter of, of our, our mouth, our tongue, that little member that can cause so much damage. And isn't it interesting that right after that portion of Scripture in James chapter 3, he touches on this subject of wisdom. And again, talking about that small member and how we even need wisdom when it comes to the things that we say to other people. So look at verse 13. The Bible says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. 
But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your what? In your hearts. Now look, look at me for a second. We, we talked about this. Remember, remember how James stressed the connection between the tongue and the heart, right? And the Bible says out of the heart, out of the heart comes the issues of life. Uh, people say sometimes, I can't believe I said that. But listen, you know, garbage in, garbage out. If it's in our hearts, it's eventually going to come out. And the Bible says in verse 13, who is a wise man? Who, who is one that is endued with knowledge among you? And then he mentions this, let him show out of a good conversation. Now, the word conversation can be just like many of us men did on our trip. We, we conversed, we talked amongst ourselves, we discussed things. That can be conversation, that's a part of it. <clears throat> but really, it's talking about out of your life, out of the way you live, the life that you live. And the Bible says here in this verse, it says, uh, let us show out, uh, let a wise man show out of his life, his good conversation, his works, and he needs to do it with meekness of wisdom. Verse 14, but if, if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth, this wisdom, look at verse number 15, this wisdom descendeth not from where? Above. Now, look again, just, just look at the Word of God. He says in verse 15, this wisdom, what is he referring to? Well, look back in verse 14, bitter envying and strife. He says this wisdom. Now, in verse number uh, 16, uh, he talks about that bitter envying and strife. He says, but in verse 15, he describes what it is. Look at the three words, earthly, sensual, what's that last word? devilish. See, look, look at me for a second. There's wisdom from above, godly wisdom, and then there's wisdom that's man's wisdom, wisdom of this earth, and we need to see that there's a huge difference between the two, and it, 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 when we think about our lives, if we're Christians, we need his wisdom instead of the wisdom of this world, all right? So it says that the, the, the description of this world's wisdom is in verse number, uh, verse number 15. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. Look at verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and, of, and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That's a great passage here, and we need to understand it. So we're just going to take the Word of God. We're going to break it down. We're, we're going to look at this matter of the right kind of wisdom and authentic wisdom. And <clears throat> James, when he is writing, remember this is God's Word, that when he gets to verse 17... I look at verse 17 like this. I look at it as a list, okay? You may not look at it that way, but a lot of times in the Bible, God gives us lists. You know, it's like if you're going to go to the grocery store, I learned a long time ago, you, you need to have a list, right? Because uh, if you go to the grocery store without a list, uh, who knows what you're going to come home with, right? And, and look, when you look in the Bible, it's so important 
that when God gives us a list, you need to pay attention to everything that's on there. Sometimes I'll come home and my wife will say, did you get whatever? And I'll say, oh, was it on the list? And she'll say, yes, it was. And I'll look and I'll say, oh, yeah, it was on the list. And I missed it, you know. And uh, so we're just going to do without whatever that is because I'm not going back, you know. But, but the thing is, is that we need to pay attention. Now, look, we can't skip over. We can't just say, well, I want this that's on the list and this is on the list. I, we need to look at everything that's on the list because if God gave us the list, then it's important for us to understand it. Would you agree? Okay. So think about this list that he gives here. Look at verse 17 again, because he's talking about not man's wisdom. He's talking about wisdom from above. And notice the list that God gives us. He says that wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. So God is saying if we want to honor the Lord in our lives, the decisions that we make, the best way to make God-honoring decisions is to have wisdom from above. So how do we think about it, this wisdom? Because somebody said it's not what we know, neither is it who we know, it is what we do with what we know. What are you doing with what you know? It's very important that we see this because the wise man and the matter of knowledge are really two separate things. The Bible says here as you look at this passage that he is endued with knowledge, but he also has wisdom. And uh, wisdom is something that provides the ability to use the knowledge properly. Let me say that again. Wisdom provides the ability to use the knowledge properly. There's a lot of people that know a lot of things, but they're not very wise, right? And when I was a kid growing up, I guess somebody uh, tried to get me to understand that, you know, if somebody is older and they have gray hair, that they're wise. That's not always the case. Uh, and, and so you need to understand this wisdom that James is describing here. Also that the Bible talks about and God sometimes uses, you see it in many places in the Bible, the book of Proverbs and other places where God uses the word the word fool. And when God uses that word fool, what is he talking about? God is actually speaking about someone who is, has a behavior that is foolish. He, he is a person that has decided that he or she are going to live their lives contrary to what God wants for their lives. And that's why James says in verse 13 again, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. So James is saying here that we need to prove, we need to show others out of our conversation, out of our life. Again, that word conversation has to do the way that we live. It's our manner of life. And he says we are to prove our works by the way that we live. Now, an interesting statement is that word uh, with meekness of wisdom. Now, what is meekness? Here's what it is. If you, a simple understanding is it's strength under control. That's what meekness is. A preacher years ago said, meekness is not weakness. It's strength. You think about, there's so many descriptions about Jesus in the Bible. And that one of the words that the Bible uses is that he was meek and lowly. Well, certainly Jesus wasn't weak. But I think you think about our Lord, I, this way I think of him, 
is he had a strength, but it was under control. Do you ever lose control? Do you ever find yourself out of control? You know? And so meekness is something. Now notice again, what does it say? It says meekness with meekness of wisdom. And then look at verse 14. He says, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, he says, glory not and look at lie not against the truth. Now, you know why God reminds us of that in verse 14? Because how does God measure things? He measures things by the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So he reminds us here that when it comes to wisdom, we need to make sure that we're dealing with the truth. And when he says truth, he's talking about wisdom. Now, there is a wrong kind of wisdom. And listen, Godly wisdom produces a list. We just read it in verse 17, right? Those are the things that godly wisdom produces. But remember the three things that the wrong kind of wisdom will produce? Earthly, sensual, and what? Devilish. Now let's talk about those three words because I think it's important for us to understand them. It, they're simple definitions, but the word earthly means it's the best that this world or this earth can produce. Now, folks, listen, if you take the things of God and the things of, of glory and compare them to the things of this earth, uh, this earth is not heaven. This isn't heaven on this earth, all right? The splendors of heaven, one day we're going to be like Richie's mom. We're going to be kicking up gold dust. And we're going to be with the Lord for all of eternity. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. But certainly, while we're here, we need to understand that when we rely on the wisdom of this world, it's earthly. It's the best that this world can do. Folks, I'll take what God has any day over what this world has to offer. I, look, I, I've had some up and down days in my life, but I've never thought, I've never thought, boy, I just want to go back to the leeks and the garlic. I just want to go back to Egypt's land. I've never thought that. <laughs> Because, I, look, they, those weren't the good old days. Now, there's nothing back there to entice me to go back to the old life. And so the Bible talks about here that this wisdom of this world, it's earthly. And then the word sensual, I think all of us understand the word sensual appeals to the natural life. You know, that which is sensual, it deals with the flesh. And then, of course, all of us understand the word devilish, right? What's the source of something that's devilish? It's in the word. What is it? Devil, right? And so we understand that, listen, that wisdom that comes from this world, it's not from above. It's, it's actually from a totally different source. And James is describing this. Now look at verse 16 because he says, where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. See what that earthly, sensual, devilish uh, does for a person's life is it creates havoc. It creates confusion. And by the way, it creates evil works. I'm just sharing the Word of God this morning. And we need to make sure that everything that we're doing in our lives, it brings glory to God, that it doesn't bring glory to ourselves or the flesh, that God gets the glory out of it. Folks, if something happens in your life and somebody says something to you like, that was such a blessing or you're such a blessing, listen, always deflect that praise where it belongs, and that is to the Lord. To God be the glory. You know, if anything good comes out of our lives, we need to make sure that God gets all the glory. And so 
as we think about God getting the glory, all of that depends on where wisdom comes from. Look in your notes, Proverbs 8, 11. The Bible says, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Now, here in this verse, uh, Proverbs 8, 11, what kind of wisdom is he talking about? He's talking about godly wisdom, right? He's talking about wisdom from above. It says it's better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not compared to it. But look in Proverbs 8, 35, whoso findeth me, God says, findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, all they that hate me love death. Well, listen, he, he talks about this matter of godly wisdom and finding favor from God, but then he says, but listen, if you want the wisdom of this world, you know what's going to happen is that he says, if you sin against me, you're going to wrong your own soul, and all they that hate me love death. Proverbs 9.1, wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. And you think about pillars, and I know we don't build exactly the way we used to, but recently we went over to the Holy Land while we were there. We went to a couple places where there were still some, uh, some remains and some ruins and things. And a lot of places we went, there were all kinds of pillars just laying everywhere. Some were stood up, and I, I believe they probably were, were re-stood up, and some of them were still laying down. Those pillars were used to support they provided strength for the house, for the roof, for whatever was in that house. And that's what he's saying here is wisdom is something that gives us strength as Christians. We need wisdom to strengthen our lives. And notice in verse 1 of, of Proverbs 9, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. And again, the number seven, we understand not always, but many times in the Word of God is this matter of perfection, that wisdom is what we need if we're going to live a life that's pleasing to God. And many times, perfection deals with maturity. And we need to be maturing in the Lord. We need to have wisdom. And if we have wisdom from above, just like wisdom had built her house, she'd hewn out seven pillars. God, listen here, God's going to give us the strength that we need. Let me say that again. That's what we need, and that's what we get from wisdom, is God gives us the strength that we need. You know, I, I think about this, and I don't joke about this, raising children. You know, you need wisdom. You know, I used to think raising children was, was uh, you know, when the, my kids were growing up. But now that my kids have become adults, I think I need even more wisdom. You know, it, it just seems like it doesn't get any easier, even after they're adults, even after they're married, even after they're out of your house. You know, a lot of times my wife and I, God give us wisdom on on how to, you know, because they're no longer under my roof, they're no longer necessarily under my immediate authority. And God, I need wisdom, you know, because they're making decisions, they're doing things. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I mean, my children are, are wonderful and they, they, they're making mistakes just like we made mistakes. But what I need as their father is I need wisdom and I don't need what this world has to say. That's why, listen, honestly, and it, it, I don't mean to offend anybody, but if you're a Christian today, and there's something going on in your life, you don't need to go to someone that is a psychiatrist or a psychologist because all they're going to do is give you man's wisdom instead of wisdom from above. Seek first the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Find some godly counselors, you know. 
uh, I, I applaud, I've got a young couple that's going to be getting married this year, and uh, they, they came and we had our first time, we'll have another one today, another one next week, and, and they're seeking marriage counsel. And, and I said, listen, a lot of young uh, people don't do that. You know, they, they don't seek counsel and wisdom from above. But folks, we don't need what this world thinks. We need what thus saith the Lord, what God has for our lives. And that's why it's so important that we see this. God gives us the strength that we need. And the only place that we can find wisdom from above is the one who came down from above. Uh, look what Paul writes here in Colossians chapter 2, that their hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hey folks, that's the, that's the place, that's the source. We don't need that which is devilish. We need this source which is from God. And so let's look at verse 17 this morning. I hope you're with me. I hope you're, uh, you're listening this morning. You got, your heart is open and that you'll ask God to help you to have the right kind of wisdom to seek wisdom that is pleasing to God. And so let's go back to verse 17 and let's go to that list and let me describe to you from the Word of God what wisdom from above is. Number one, here it is. I'm just going to follow verse 17. Wisdom, first of all, is pure, pure wisdom. Uh, Matthew 5, 8, one of the uh, verses in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The first goal of your life as a Christian is that you should want to live a pure life. You should want to live a life that is cleansed from all sin. Uh, I've heard people say, and I, I think it's pretty good, I think you can find justification in the Word of God, God doesn't use dirty vessels. God's looking for someone that He can fill and that He can use. Uh, you think about uh, even at weddings, uh, that why does the bride wear white, you know? Uh, you think about the bride of Christ and those that will make up the bride of Christ, that we need to be a pure, a chaste bride. And it's so important that we see here that, that wisdom is for those that are pure in heart. Uh, a great verse, and, and by the way, this verse is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It, you shouldn't treat 1 John 1, 9 that way. But the Bible says, if we confess our sins. You know, I think God put that verse in the Bible because He knows us. He knows that even though we sin, uh, even though we're saved, we're still going to sin, right? And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of how much sin? All sin, right? And to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All, right? Now, God is waiting to forgive us. He's waiting to cleanse us. But what's the first thing that we have to do before that takes place? We have to confess, right? Now, confession. Uh, some of you are like me. You, you came up in a religious background where confession was totally different. You would go in and you would tell uh, your sins to a, a priest. And then that priest hopefully would get those to God. But I'm glad that the Bible says that we have one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. We can come boldly before the throne of grace, right? And we can ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins. And so what does confession mean? 
Confession means simply this. It means that we who are sinners are agreeing with God about our sins. In other words, watch this. I've had to do this with the Lord so many times, and I've had to do this with my wife so many times. You're right, I'm wrong. And it happens so many times in my life. Now, maybe you're not like me, but I've had to do that so many times. You know, God, you're right. Now, you know what keeps us from saying, God, you're right, I'm wrong? Pride. Stubbornness, right? But remember, look here. God knows everything, right? He knows us. He knows our sinful nature. He knows sometimes when we default back to that, that earthly wisdom instead of seeking wisdom from above. And he says, look, that's not my kind of wisdom. That's not what I want for you as my child. I want you to have pure wisdom. And so it's important that we see this. If we have wisdom from above, look, it's going to be demonstrated by a pure heart. And we need to make sure that we have that kind of wisdom. So first of all, in the list, wisdom is pure. Secondly, it's peaceable. It's peaceable. Now, this isn't uh, being a peacekeeper. It's about being a peacemaker. Uh, Matthew 5, 9, the very next beatitude there. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, look, somebody that's going to make peace is not somebody that's seeking that which is earthly, sensual, or devilish. Because remember, what the Bible says is that which is uh, earthly and sensual and devilish. Look at verse number 5. It says, where envying and strife is, verse 16, there is confusion in every evil work. Uh, Look, folks, that which is peaceable is something that's going to help your relationships. It's going to help your homes. But if something is earthly, sensual, and devilish, you know what it's going to do? It's going to break up. It's going to divide. We need wisdom that's peaceable, that we are peacemakers. Uh, Jesus, certainly, look, the truth is going to divide. Jesus came and he brought a sword, and it was the truth that divided. And oftentimes that's what happens. But Jesus didn't come uh, to, to, make, to make war. He came to bring peace. And he's the prince of peace, the Bible talks about. So, it, look, if, if we're going to, there's going to be times where we're going to struggle in, with other folks, and the Bible says what we need to do is ask God for wisdom on how to keep the peace, to be peacemakers. You ever get together with your family, your extended family, and there's always turmoil? I remember when my wife and I, we got married, and I love my family, but they're, they're not saved people. Most of them are not saved people, and and, uh, you know, they, they live like the world, and, and honestly, they live like I used to live. And, and a lot of times we get together, uh, you know, we still lived in the area where, where her family and my family lived, and during holidays, things like that, I, used, I got to the place where I loved going to her family's house, and I, I just detested going to my family's. Because we go over to my family's, and because of all the earthly things they were doing, all the sensual things they were doing, it was, it just was, there was a lot of chaos and just things happening. You guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe you haven't experienced that, but I want to tell you something. Uh, I, and, and I really struggled with that in my heart because I thought, this is my family. I still need to be with them. I still need to be a testimony. I still need to love them, but I need to help them to understand. And it, it, again, the Bible says here, out of your conversation 
it's, it's so important in verse number 13, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. And I had to ask God to give me wisdom on how to even be around my unsaved family members, and God can help us to do that. But look, wisdom is pure, it's peaceable. Number three in the list is wisdom is gentle, gentle. Now, certainly you can understand this. Paul writing to those in Thessalonica, he says, We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. We went on the men's advance, and uh, Janeth and Greg here are both nurses. And, uh, and many in our church are in the medical field. And uh, we were on the trip, and Brother David over here, we love him, but sometimes he can be a knucklehead. And uh, sometimes, sometimes, like many of us, he'll, he won't do things that he should be doing. And Brother David wasn't eating the way he should have been eating. And Brother Greg kind of pulled him aside and said, you're going to eat breakfast. And Brother David said, yes, sir. <laughs> and, and Brother Greg, I, I kind of saw, and I didn't tell Brother Greg, hey, listen, you need to watch out for Brother David. And I, I was glad, you know, that shows he's growing in the Lord that God gave him wisdom that he noticed, and we, we were concerned. We just wanted to make sure Brother David was, was taking care of himself because we have a full-time job watching Brother Gilbert. We can't watch you if we got Brother Gilbert to watch. You know, He's got his banana over there. See it? He's, he, he, yeah, he's carrying a banana, but he's not eating it, Brother Greg. So, all right? And, and so the thing is, is that here's Brother Greg. He's on a men's trip. Now watch. But God gave him wisdom to be gentle and here's a man with a man. And so it's important that we see that God wants us to have wisdom, gentle wisdom. You know, anybody can just kind of, you know, be rough with someone else. But, you know, it's kind of neat just to see even a man be gentle. Gentleness is a nurse try, with a trying child or adult that requires a lot of attention, that needs a lot of help. And you know what we need is we need wisdom from above. An interesting verse in Matthew 12, 20, look at this verse. The Bible says, A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. Now, when you study it out, you know, you would have bodies of water, and of course, this is something that the Lord maybe, maybe had on his heart when this verse was given, that along the edge of the water, there were a lot of reeds that had grown up right there on the water's edge. And when you would look at that, you would understand that, that those reeds around the water's edge or in that wet area, that they could be broken, they could be bruised. In other words, they were tender. Uh, they were something that needed a, a loving care and what he's reminding us in Matthew 12, 20 is that the Lord is so gentle that he will not bruise us. Uh, he, will, he will lovingly care for us. And we can see this in so many ways, how just like those reeds that the Lord will be gentle, he won't crush us. But instead, what he's going to do is he's going to care for us. Aren't you glad that we have a God that loves us and cares for us? And by the way, the reason that this is here is because if he's given us that example of the way he cares for us, then we need to be that way to other people. We need to be gentle to other people. Well, sometimes it's going to take wisdom. God's going to have to give us wisdom. Instead of making things worse in our minds, we need to be spiritually minded. My pastor said years ago that a carnal Christian, a fleshly Christian, will take something that is small 
and he'll make it big. But a spiritually minded Christian that has wisdom from above will take something that's big and make it small. And that's the way we need to be is we need, God, give me wisdom to be gentle. See, it's pure wisdom, it's peaceable, it's gentle. Look at number four. The, the phrase here is easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. Now, that phrase or even that word entreated means to be consistent. To be consistent, to be dependable, to be harmonious. Now, th this is something, this is, a, this is a concept, a characteristic of Jesus that I think a lot of times is not talked about. But if you study the scriptures, I think you would agree that when Jesus was on this earth, one thing that he was, was he was easily approachable. Now, I, you know, I, I know that a lot of times my, my own children tell me, Dad, you can be scary. It's always wonderful when you hear that from your children, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's funny because over the years, I, I guess I've come to understand that because God put me in a college setting and I had college students and and I, w I would stand in my classes and tell the students, I have an open door policy. You can come see me anytime you want. And I would see, I would see these students come into my office and I'd see them shaking, you know. And then, and then my daughters, the, the boys would come around and, and uh, I, would, I would listen to them stutter around and stutter around, you know. And, and uh, by the way, I did that with my father-in-laws, you know. But, but, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's important for us to see that, that, listen, just like Jesus, if God gives us wisdom, we need to be approachable, easy to be entreated. And this is wisdom that we need here. See, the Lord was approachable. When children came to him, they felt no hesitation. They rushed into his arms. Jesus, when he was on this earth, boy, I mean, you talk about, look through some of the gospel records. Some of the most scathing messages you've ever heard haven't come from some modern-day preacher in a Baptist church. They came from the Lord Jesus Christ. But that same person that preached those scathing sermons to people that needed to hear it is the same man that went out of the temple and wept over the city of Jerusalem. Now remember, he wasn't weeping over a city. He was weeping over the people. That The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They would not uh, accept him for who he was. Jesus delivered warnings to false religious leaders, and yet what did he do? He received those that were broken, those that were hurting. That's what I love about Jesus. He was easy to be entreated, and that's the kind of wisdom that we need, is we need to be people, men and women of God, that have wisdom that people can come to us. As men, we talked uh, while we were on the trip, and we talked about you know, accountability to others and being able to go to others, talk to others. And, you know, when you get around men, men don't talk about things, you know. And uh, some of we were told over and over again while we were at the, at the men's advance, you know, when you go home and your wife says, how was, the, how was the men's advance? Most guys go, good. What'd you learn? Eh, a few things, you know. That's the way guys are, just as a matter of fact. We need to be, listen, easy to be entreatable. We need to be approachable. We need to have wisdom to where we can, people can come to us and, and we can help them out. Number five, another description is full of mercy and good fruits. That's what wisdom is. 
the word full means overflowing. Well, overflowing with what? Overflowing with mercy and good fruits. I mean, it literally is talking about not only to the brim, but overflowing. You know, some, sometimes I get around some people, real coffee drinkers, they fill their coffee cup to the brim. And I, I watch them do that sometimes, and I'm thinking, there's no way that if they pour that cup that full, that they're not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to overflow, and it's going to get on their hand and burn them. But a real coffee drinker has been burned on the hand so many times, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it doesn't bother them. God says, listen, I want you to have wisdom that, that you can be full of mercy and good fruits. Now, folks, look, when, when you and I, when we err, when we do something that we shouldn't do, we should always err on the side of mercy. Always allow mercy to prevail in our lives. Remember what the Bible talks about, the Lord's mercy endureth, anybody know how long? Forever, right? That's the way we need to be. God, give me wisdom so that I can give mercy to others the way you give mercy to me. Has not God been merciful to us? And we need to be that way to other people. Well, how, do, how can you do that? You can ask God to give you the wisdom to be merciful to other people. And it's so important that we see this. I mean, I'm not just talking about helping people. I'm talking about extending mercy to others. One of the greatest stories in the Bible is the story about the good Samaritan. And I won't read the whole passage, but in verse 34, this good Samaritan went to the one that, remember the, the priest and the Levite, remember they just passed by on the other side? But the good Samaritan, the Bible says, went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Wow, he went out of his way. I would say that man was full of mercy. He was full of good fruits. And so somebody said, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves giving a commentary about everything that's going wrong in the world, and we ourselves will be doing nothing to heal the hurt. Folks, let's not just talk. Look, it doesn't take you long. You just turn on the news. You'll find out about all the things that are going on in this world. Let's be peacemakers. Let's ask God for wisdom that God can help us to be full of mercy and good fruits. Look at the next one there in the list is without partiality wisdom. Without partiality. Now, look, it, it, you look around this world, no doubt this world is still, here it is, 2018, it's still a world of prejudice, isn't it? I mean, it, it's amazing how people are still so prejudiced. And, uh, you know, James, James chapter number two, even addressed this subject. He says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? You know what God is saying to us? You need wisdom to embrace the person that may have the nicer clothes, nicer car, nicer house, the same way you embrace the person that doesn't have anything. For Listen, for the Christian, there is no wrong side of the tracks. I hear people talk about that all the time. I can remember years ago when I was working on the bus route and the, the church I got saved in, 
Boy, we used to go into areas where no other church would go to. Do you know why churches didn't go there? Sad, because they realized those people have nothing that they can give to us. I know, for, listen, I know for a fact, and you can look at yourself, there are churches today that only target people in certain status of life. What they make, their income. They do all the demographics. Folks, listen, Jesus loves everyone. The Bible says to the uttermost. And so we need to show kindness and mercy to people that have nothing that can offer us in return, treating people all the same. So what kind of wisdom? Without partiality. And then look at the last one. We need to also, in that list, he includes a wisdom that is without hypocrisy, a wisdom that's sincere. It's not phony. It's free from a hidden agenda. There's no pretense when it comes to that. The Bible tells us if we sow, verse 18, if we sow peace, then we shall reap peace. I read a story this morning about a zoo that noted, they were noted for their great collection of all kinds of different animals. And one day, uh, in this zoo, their, their gorilla that they had in the zoo, the gorilla died. And uh, so they, they discussed what, what were they going to do. And, and to keep up the appearance of having a full range of animals, the zookeeper hired a man to wear a gorilla suit. And he, he put him in the pen there where the gorilla used to be for the dead animal. And on the, on the first day on the job, here's this man in the gorilla pen with the suit on. But the problem was... He didn't know how to act like a gorilla very well. So here he is, he's in the pen, he's trying to do the best that he can. He tried to move convincingly, but he made a mistake on his first day wearing the suit. He got too close to the wall of the enclosure and he tripped and he fell in the lion exhibit. And he fell in where the lions were. So here he is, he's in the lion's uh, den there and he begins to scream. He thought, that's it, my life is over, I'm going to be devoured by these lions, until he heard a voice from one of the lions saying, be quiet, you're going to get us all fired. <laughs> now, I would say that man was a hypocrite. You know, those poor people that went to that zoo, they weren't seeing a real gorilla or even real lions. But I wonder this morning when you go to work tomorrow, or you go to your neighbor's house, are they going to see a real Christian? Or just somebody that pretends on Sunday to be a Christian, but on Monday he lives like the devil? It's very important that we ask God for wisdom. James 1.5, look at this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. God is inviting us to seek him for wisdom that is from above. I think about wisdom and how important it is. There was a small, true story, a small store owner. He was being pressured one day, and we see this even in our society today. He was being pressured to sell his store to the owners of a large department store who had bought every building on the block except his. And he, was, he, he really got frustrated by the big stores and he refused to sell, and so eventually they opened up, they had a grand opening for their store, they put a huge sign on their store with letters that said, Grand Opening. And the guy was frustrated, and uh, so this small store owner, 
he thought, well, I'm, I'm just going to have to put up a sign of my own. So below the grand opening sign of the huge store, across the front of his small store, he put up a small banner over his door that right below grand opening, it said main entrance. <laughs> and it brought people in. And that's the kind of wisdom that we need from God. I hope that you are a man or a woman that loves the Lord enough to say, God, I need wisdom that's from above. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd help us to, as we looked at this list from verse 17. God, we need your wisdom to live the life that you've given us. Now bless our service to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.